today we have a very interesting um, episode because these are the kind of stuff that like not too many land investing like people talking about. How's it going? Welcome to Dirty Real Estate Show, where we provide bite-sized actionable tips and hacks along with interviews of industry experts to help you elevate your land investment journey. My name is Eric Cole. I'm here with my co-host, Mike Marshall. Let's go. Well, you know, they say live in the dream, you know, that 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 might be applicable. Um, I used to run into this guy that always tell me whenever I asked him that he said, if I was any better, there would be two of me. And I don't really know what that means, but it sounded like pretty old school. Like that's kind of cool, cool old man version of things. But so I'm not quite there yet, but one day maybe that'll be my catchphrase. But for now I'm doing good, man. How about you? Not too bad, man. Not too bad. Just keeping busy. Uh, we've been doing some traveling and stuff like that and planning on some trips. So that's great. Yeah, man. I did some summertime trips myself. Uh, took the family to Florida for the first time. So that was kind of cool. And uh, we drove there. And so that was a whole experience driving through some different states and everything. The kids are at that place where they want to collect different states that they've been to. So it's really fun for them. So it's been cool. It's priceless. I mean, we love to travel, like road trips, like cross country, that kind of stuff. Yeah, Um, definitely. I think it's important, man. It's good. Right on. Today, we have a very interesting Um, episode because these are the kind of stuff that like not too many land investing like people talking about right um title is called five different exit points for land investing (laughs) so yeah i think we just wanted to give like a high level view of um kind of the development process or just development in general and specifically how you exit you know um land development opportunities or land opportunities in general and you know, if you think of it as kind of like a highway and on that highway, there's like five different exit points and you can exit at any of those, but you can also enter at any of those as well. And so if you keep that kind of mental framework as we have the conversation, I think it'll be helpful because there's there's a progression to it. And a couple of those are ones that, you know, people in the land business do, you know, really regularly and other ones kind of start to bleed over into the development realm. And so we'll kind of explain what each of those are and who actually is involved in those. And so that way kind of gives you a little bit of a high level framework of how this goes. And so it can actually be beneficial for you. So you understand how that food chain actually works and who is on that food chain, where we are at as land investors on that food chain, et cetera. No, for sure. I mean, you know, Speaking for myself, you know, we're, I am only kind of like in the first two, try to get into, you know, the third one, maybe in the future. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm actually here to learn from Mike today. <laughs> so hopefully I can deliver. <laughs> I'll deliver a little bit. We won't, make, we won't make this terribly long, but we'll start off with the concept of just the first exit on that highway is really vacant land. And that's what, you know, all of us are doing when we're flipping land today, you know, we're buying a vacant piece of land and we're flipping it. Right. And so that could be an entry point and it can also be an exit point. Right. So you're entering into the business, picking up a vacant piece of land, you're doing that at discount and then you're going to sell that vacant piece of land. Right. Now I know a lot of people will sell the recreational buyers, but we're talking about the realm of development. And so we're kind of keeping along that track. And so really the next step is, is that somebody can pick up that vacant piece of land. So let's say they buy it from you as the land investor, 
they're going to pick up that vacant piece of land and they're going to go and entitle that property for some sort of development. In the most basic sense, it would be for a single family house, but it could be for, you know, a condo project. It could be for a medical office building. It could be for a condo resort, whatever it happens to be, they're going to pick up the piece of property from you and they're going to go get it entitled and then they're going to move on. And so that's a lot of what I have done in the past in my history is more in this realm of entitlements. That's kind of what we're doing. We're talking about subdivisions as well. We're taking a vacant piece of land and we're adding value to it by doing something that changes its use or changes its potential use. And we do that through a set of paperwork that's called entitlements. Those are the government approvals. And so some people will go and pick up a property that's a vacant piece of property, get that piece of land entitled, and then they're going to sell off to the next person. And so the next person is usually going to be a developer. And so now we're at the third level of everything. So the first one is vacant land. The second one is entitlements. The third level is really what we call finished lots. And that's when a developer is going to come in and they're going to actually do all the rough grading of a site. So they're going to grade in the roads. They're going to maybe call or create what's called like larger super pads and everything like that. And it's not the final lots yet, but they're basically doing all the rough grading and everything. And they do all that work. And then they're going to sell off to the fourth person. And the fourth person is going to be buying what's or creating what's actually called blue top lots. And so those lots are basically, will take all that rough grading and they're going to go do all what they call fine grading, all the precision grading for the site. And they're going to set the actual building pads themselves. And the blue top name is a reference to um, these blue feather type tops that get set in the, the land itself that kind of mark where the property lines are and stuff like that. So that's where the reference comes from. But ultimately what that person is doing is they're setting the final building pad elevations and they're going to sell it to the actual builder at that point. And then the builder is going to actually go vertical on the property and they may exit at that point with a built out product. So we're kind of giving you these different steps along the way. You can get in and out at any one time. And before we hit the last one, I'll just pause there, you know, because I just want to let that sink in because that's a lot of kind of information to gather at one shot. Yeah. I mean, I personally didn't know that. I thought a builder would just kind of take over from the finished lot, right? Yeah. And and that's a weird part about it is that there are companies that wear different hats or multiple hats, you know? So they can come in and be, yeah, they could come in and and do the entitlements and do all the rough grading and then the blue top lots, and then they go and sell it off to a builder. And so you'll see that oftentimes where you have like what they call the master developer, that master Mm -hmm. developer will go in and actually develop out the larger property. Maybe they get the entitlements, maybe they don't, but they're going to end up selling off a portion of those lots to like a, um, another, you know, national home builder. So that's when you'll see like these larger developments, right? They won't just be one builder. It'll be like Lennar and then it'll be KB Homes and it'll be DR Horton and then Pardee and then whoever else. And then all of them will be in one development. Well, one of those was the master developer that did the whole site off at one time. And then they end up selling off pieces it to the other smaller builders. Mm, I see. Yeah, no, I think it, it. We can touch up on the first like couple of steps too. Like, kind of go mm-hmm. back to the raw land, right? Yeah. Like what Michael's saying, everybody, including myself, we all kind of starting off, you know, doing raw land. I still do myself, right? Um, but it's also the most competitive uh, space, yeah. right? Everybody's going for that because it's easy. Like it's, you know, it's, it's not that hard to get started. Right. And then once you kind of become that, like the money is 
okay, you can do really well, right? But then once you get into entitlement side, the profit side increases, right? Because you're doing, usually you're doing more value add. So you provide more value to the next buyer, which is a developer, right? Or it could be a developer builder. Correct me if I'm wrong. Like, no, you're right. So Absolutely. It's like, so you added that value to that so you can make that extra profit. So my point, and the space in, in that entitlement space is less competitive, or at least for now, because most people will not go past the raw land side. They just want to buy it and they sell it. I mean, that's really the whole point of why they get, they got into land is because they think it's easy. They don't need to like renovate the house or whatever. That's like they jump into raw land. They can just flip it. Right, that's kind of the most uh, common situation, and then so one, and then after that, you know, or entitled land, then you go into the finish lot, and like I feel like every step that you increase, like it, it provides more profit, right, Mike? Is that correct? Yeah, no, that's right. Yeah, so okay. every level that you move to, it requires you to have maybe a little bit more specialized experience or you're building a team of people that have that experience. That's a very clear point or good distinction. Um, and yeah, and each will step along the way, there's more profit to be had as a result. And so you're taking on, you know, more specialized knowledge, you're taking on maybe a little bit more risk, you know, and to some degree, depending on the project that you're working on. And there's ways to mitigate that risk too, thinking of entitlement specifically. But yeah, every step along the way, you're actually getting that point where you're, you know, you're profiting a little bit more as a result of it. And like I said before, you don't have to be the guy that's out there on the heavy equipment grading out the site. You know, that doesn't have to be you. If, if that is you and you happen to own an engineering company, then that's awesome. Then, then, then that's something you should really consider capitalizing on. But you can also be the guy that's actually contracting with those people and getting that work done too. That's very much right. a good thing as well. So it's about like where your preferences and where your skills are. But I think my big thing is to really um, encourage people to, you know, really increase their skill level, however it may be, whether it be to getting into entitlements or not, that might not be the thing, but to really look at ways to like um, differentiate yourself from other land investors that are out there, create your specialized niche. Um, and, and really, like I said, find a way to really stand out in the space, you know, and, and you know, one way to do it is to, go through these entitlement processes. One way to do it would be to be the guy that's actually grading out the sites and everything like that. So there's a myriad of different ways to do it, but I would just challenge everybody to consider actually like kind of upping their game and kind of creating more specialized niches for themselves. And even within each of these, especially within entitlements, there's a variety of sub niches that you can do. I mean, you could just be like the rezoning guy, or you could be the subdivision guy, or you could be whatever, right. you know, I and mean, you can focus on those things and that kind of niches you down even more, but each step of the way, you're certainly making a little bit more money. That's for sure. Making more money, but you, some, some of these steps do require more money involved, right? So yes. you, you have to kind of like, you know, do the numbers yourself and just assess the risk that you're going to take because typically, you know, the more profitable something, you need to take on a little bit higher risk because you have to, you know, there's more, especially in the value add type of stuff, right? The entitlement yeah. process, that's not too bad because it's just paper. But yeah. there is like, you know, fees and things that you have to pay, engineers you have to hire, you know, create all these plat uh, maps and everything, right? There's some yeah. cost to it. Um, and then same thing with the finish lots. Um, you know, you got, you know, if you don't, if you don't have those big equipments, you're going to have to hire a contractor and that, yeah. that could be, you know, that could add up and those, those jobs are pretty expensive. 
Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other important thing for everybody is to kind of realize who these players are, because these are who your buyers can be a lot of times too. Mm -hmm. So your buyer might be a developer, you know, or they might be a builder. And when I distinguish between a developer and a builder, when I say developer, I'm thinking of the person that's doing all of the horizontal improvements, you know, all the grading, all the utilities. That's what I'm saying a developer is. A builder is a person that's going vertical, putting sticks in the ground and actually building. Um, some builders function as both, like I said, but I'm just trying to kind of using um, definitions or applying definitions accordingly. These people are actually, you know, your buyers oftentimes. And that's why it's important to know who they are and, and what role they fill in the process too. Hey, this is good, Mike. Learn something new today. Yeah. You know, the last thing I'll say is that, you know, the other type <laughs> of thing that's out there is there's people that kind of um, pick up what they'll call a broken lots. And broken yeah. lots are basically subdivisions that have been maybe abandoned for one reason or another, like the builder has gone, you know, bankrupt or there's some, you know, problem with like utilities or something like that. And the subdivision has never been completed. And so there's a lot of builders and developers out there that will target those as opportunities. So they'll pick them up because they're kind of like a distressed asset in the development mm. world. They'll pick those up at discount and they know that they can fix it and and turn it around and actually profit accordingly. So they're it's a, it's just like it's kind of like the developed developer scale of a fix and flip in a way. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. I never I never heard of blue top or broken lots before. So this is something new for me. <laughs> interesting stuff. I mean, it just all these different like aspects of it, you know, and like yeah. most people that are in land investing will never, you know, touch uh, like these other ends of the spectrum, which is fine. I'm not advocating that you do, but just to be able to know what the process is, where the food chain is and everything, and that there's yeah. other people down the line. I think that's what's most important. For sure. I think if you understand the process, you know, it will make you a better investor, a more yeah. sophisticated one, right? Yep. I think it's that simple. You're right. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Well, cool. thank you, Mike. Learn a lot today. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Well, any last word before we go? No, that's it. I'm good. Cool, cool. Until next time, see ya. Take care, guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Um, there's a lot of value in this, and I hope you can take these actionable items and apply it to your real estate land investment business. Uh, if you feel like we brought some value to you, please leave us a five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. This will allow the algorithm to kind of push a podcast up higher and get more reach so that we can help more people. And also share with your friends, you know, your investor friends or whoever are kind of in that investing space. Uh, until next time, have a good one.